Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Meet Seamus. He and his wife are driving in their new Citroen C5 Aircross SUV to her birthday dinner, which he forgot in a restaurant that she had to book. She married a cliché. This could be a very uncomfortable drive. Except the Citroen C5 Aircross SUV comes with advanced comfort seating and progressive hydraulic cushion suspension, making it a very comfortable drive indeed. Citroen. Engineered for comfort. See citroen.ie. Welcome to the Dope Black Dads podcast, a place where we are changing the narrative and having progressive conversations about black fathers, as well as creating a safe digital space for the community. Good morning, everybody. Here at Dope Black Dads, we love to share a platform with black people, especially dads who are paving it forward and creating the space for our stories to be told. Today, we are joined by Ocasier. Morrow. He's an actor. He's also created Tata Storytime, which is a platform where black actors tell black stories for kids. We're also joined by fellow Dope Black Dads, Stephen Ishmael and the famous Umar Kankia. How is everyone today? Yeah. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me, guys. It's an absolute honor to be here. How are you doing, Stephen? I'm good. Good, good. Okay, Zier, I, have I said your name properly, first and foremost? That's great. Yeah, okay, Zier is, uh, is great. That's, that's, okay, uh, Zier, okay, right. That's if you want to go to the village. That's the proper <laughs> that's village pronunciation want... from your belly. Okay, Zier. You know, okay, Zier, um, that's But, you know, if you say, you know, okay, Zier, okay, Zier, you know, it's fine. Okay, Zier. Most, most people call me okay, Zier anyway. But uh, for me, I, I really wanted to, to actually emphasize that, you know, how my name is actually pronounced especially on the on the show with the kids because a lot of kids you know I remember when I was in school you know you're teased for your name you know how your name mm. sounds and actually there was a teacher in school uh who was Nigerian he just he just rocked up one day and he said my name properly he said oh, okay is it and my friends were like they started laughing I was like what and I was you know it's one of those things but you know when you're a kid you're like oh actually he's pronouncing my name correctly but I'm getting teased for it, you know, which doesn't make sense. But like, so for me, it's one of those things. It's like, it's important, actually, kids understand how their names are supposed to be pronounced. Mm. And uh, my name, you know, my name has a meaning. Um, I'm sure a lot of us with African names have, the names have particular meanings. And it's important that it's said in a proper way and they don't be embarrassed by that. 
Mm-hmm. What, what does occasion? What does it mean? Occasion means well created or created well. Uh, I don't think most people that meet me, I don't think they would dispute that, Abby. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to get into um, into Tata story time and and yeah. you, everything that you do. How do you introduce yourself to people, and and what makes you a dope black dad? Well, I mean, if people want to give me that title, that's great. I'm just doing what I do, really. You know, for me, so in terms of Tata story time, it was born about because I, my daughter at the time, she was she was one, and I was looking at, you know, we were watching programs and stuff on on TV, and and you want stuff that's gonna stimulate them, but you know, and you know, not not be too much at that age. But I like the idea of books. I always always liked books, and some of the shows that we see with with people reading stories to children, I was like, this is this is all cool. But where are the black storytellers and where are the black stories you know because i knew they were out there but they weren't being pushed forward into a visual medium on 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 that kind of level so that's where the idea came from really because i was like well nothing like this has been done uh and why you know so i just went about my ignorant self and just created it and just you know, see see what happens and uh, the rest is history, you know? Mm, mm, no, it's amazing. I mean, quite interesting. Tata in, in in where I come from, in Cameroon, actually means auntie. So, okay. It's so interesting. You... Somebody else said that uh, Tata means grandparent or grandma or something like that. It's really interesting. But to where I come from, which is where the name uh, was inspired from, Tata means, is, means it's an affectionate name for a for a small child. We say, oh, Ibutata, you know, it's just like a little, it's like, oh, you're, you know, sweet, a sweet child, you know, small child. Yeah. And it's like an affectionate name for it. And um, that's kind of why I chose it. And also because it's it's easy. Um, it rolls off the tongue easily as well. So that, that was where the inspiration comes from. Um, Umar, where, yes. where, does your, where, where does your name come from? I mean, how are you? How how how? How are the children? And have they watched Tato Story Time? Did they watch? Careful, we've got a guest that actually produced uh-huh. Tato Story Time. So. Yes. <laughs> yes. Give so, me the right. Uh, give me the right answers, Umar. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. Um, yeah. So my name. So I'm Muslim in terms of like my religion. So my first name Umar has Arab connotations here. Kankia. I'm Nigerian by heritage. Um, Hausa in the north. So that's kind of where where it comes from. I don't actually know the meaning of my surname, which is bad and I need to find this out actually I'm trying to I need to speak to my parents about that one um but yeah we have watched Tata story time um Femi the Fox is a is a particular favorite right answer again in in the household uh yeah we've got because I remember buying the book for my daughter um a few years ago um when it first came out and kind of reading it to her and then kind of being able to display that and show it to her and my son now because uh, she's five and he's two so being able to have that visual element to it and like you're saying okay yeah I think it's so important that we have that kind of visual representation because very often you know obviously CBBs is the big thing for kids of that age and didn't want to mention them but go on 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> Sorry. No, but I think it's important that, especially in, in this day and age, that we are exposing our, our kids to people that look like them, that sound like them, stories that they can relate to. And I think, you know, what you're doing is amazing. And I think it gives that massive platform to be able to reach out to a much wider audience and not just be kind of restricted to just what you see on TV, but actually we've got access to it. And, you know, I think my kids absolutely love it. Thank you, man. What about you, Stephen? I mean, your kids are slightly, slightly older, and I think it's the it's the second or fourth, second or third time you've been on our podcast, actually. Yeah. Um. What 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 about you? Have you heard of Tartan Storytime? Have you heard the buzz around it? Have your kids? I've, I've heard about it, and I would signpost maybe if and when I'm in school to the infants or parents that ask me black story books, stories or storytellers in that way. Um, obviously, my daughter's secondary school age, so she's not. She doesn't watch those kind of programs anymore. But I think there's a room, there's space for us now to make sure our kids, you know, see us represented on in those kind of places. You know, it's really important that they have people that look like them. Mm, no, definitely. Cool. That- I mean, we're talking about Tata Storytime and I'm aware that some of our listeners probably have no idea what it is. So why don't, why don't we let the, the creator of Tata Storytime actually tell us, okay, okay, yes. yes. What is, okay. What, was yes. The, what was the inspiration for creating so, Tata? What is it? And how did you get so, all those people to get on and just <laughs> read those stories? And why haven't I been invited? <laughs> well, look, Tata Storytime is... Basically, it's very simple, very simple. It's just one person reading a story to to the camera. And we intercut that with pictures of uh, uh, the books itself. So that they are they are picture books. So the age group is is I would say around between two to eight, although we have had, you know, one year olds love it apparently, and ten year olds, some ten year olds love it. You know, and actually some adults have, have some had messages from adults. Yeah, well, yeah. people, people, people that have said that they don't, they don't even have kids, but they watch it, and I think it's a, it's a kind of nostalgia there because it's that thing of, oh, this would have been dope if when I was a kid, you know, I wish I had this when I was a child, you know, and they can kind of sit in that for a bit, and uh, so, but you know, the difference with with us is, I guess, my background is is acting, I'm an actor, and. Uh, uh, with that, I'm connected, obviously, to to a lot of amazing actors. Uh, and the thing is, actors or or people, you know, storytellers, we find ways of 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 you know bringing you into the story, really pulling you into the story, and and keeping it entertaining. And you know, and it's also a nice way to educate the kids without them realizing they're being educated. Do you know what I mean? Like it's there's something there's there is something about that if you find a good story and you have a good storyteller that combination is is brilliant you know and you can just pull pull a, a child into a world just take them away for 5 minutes from from the real world and just pull them into that story and it's it can be magical and beautiful and fun and and you know and uh so that's where i think our show is special because you you know you you, you can because anybody can read a story but it, you know, it's a special skill to be able to just pull that, you know, pull your audience in and just get them to engage and and really enjoy enjoy the story how it's meant to be enjoyed. So 
that's kind of what it is. I, I think uh, is that is that a good enough explanation for you? Yeah, no, uh, it, I, I think I think it is because I think even as adults, I, I watch Tartar's story time, and at times I've tried to replicate Julian's laugh on Tartar. Oh, Lucian, Lucian's Lu- laugh. Lucian, Lucian, sorry, yes. Lucian's laugh. And and yeah. the kids have just kind of gone, no, Daddy, you, you can't do it. They can't do it, and they've gone up to watch to watch the video of him of you trying to replicate it as well. And I felt. <laughs> I felt kind of like, yeah, that's fine. I'm not the only one who can't do Lucian's laugh. Yes, we did a we did a little silly silly thing when I tried to replicate uh, Lucian's laugh. And Lucian Msamati, who is an incredible actor, by the way, one of the best I've worked with. And and when I say I don't say it lightly, you know, when I when people say about the the talent that we have, we really have some of the best talent. Like I'm not talking about black actors. I'm talking about actors full stop. I'm talking about actors in the world. Just go and look, look at Lucien Msamati. Look at his CV. Look at what he's doing. Mm. Look at some of the shows he's been in. You know, uh, and you you see what I'm talking about. Mm. So to be able to get these kind of people to to come and tell stories for kids is incredible, because it it rarely happens like that. Do you know what I mean? Um, mm. And that's that's what needs to be happening more of. So, but I, I did try to replicate his uh, his laugh, and I failed miserably. Also, and uh, it was uh, obviously it was uh, hilarity ensued. So <laughs> it was a nice little uh, it was a nice little touch that we we did after shooting the series. Yeah, um, I, I, like you said, you have some fantastic actors on there, and I want to go back to the inspiration for Tata Story Time. Um, you, you mentioned that your daughter was 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 behind. Um, behind the inspiration of a creative part of story time now tell me tell me a little bit more about that and about that whole process about how you dug that out to be able to create that for her and what and how you came to that yeah um well in, in terms of the light bulb moment like i said when once you get that light bulb moment you have this this idea this is you know a lot of us especially creatives, we always get ideas and, I, and things come and we're like, oh yeah, I'm going to do this or I'm going to write this play or I'm going to write this film. And you might, you know, you know, you try and write a bit, you get a few pages down, you're like, oh, okay, I put it down. Two years yeah. later, you haven't done anything, you know. And this one was different because I think it was, it's just something about a child, isn't it? When you've got a kid and you, you have something and you're inspired by them for something, to create something. And I think this one was was like that because once I'd started my investigations and started my uh, research uh, on on books and all these all these things, it's like I got up every day and I had to continue. You know, I just had to keep doing it, keep doing it. And even when it got really hard, I just had to keep doing it because I kept, you know, I, like there was times I would go to publishers and publishers rejected you know my you know what I was asking them of them you know it was just like something simple just simple basically just saying look I'm, I've got this format I've got this idea you know I want to put it out um you know I don't know where it's going to go it could be on YouTube but we're going to approach networks as well so we don't know where it's going to end up but it's a great idea and they, and they would agree with me they'd be like yeah yeah this is fantastic but you know what you go away, you do it and come back to us when you've done it. And for me, I'm like, that's not, that's not how it should work. Because if you really believe in something uh, that someone's trying to do, you should, you should try and help them. Mm. And also 
the, the thing is once if, if, if my idea was going to be successful, it would also, they would also benefit because they would get more book sales, which is happening now with, with uh, some of the authors um, that, that we have on there. And out of the 10 books, we have seven that are independently published and only three I got from a publishing house, a, a publishing house um, which is, uh, which was called Lantana and they, they're brilliant because they champion diversity. Uh, but, oh, but, you know, all the other big ones I approached didn't want to help me. I'm sure season two would be very different. <laughs> be very different. Uh, but you see, that these, these were some of the struggles I had to, to go through. So, the, you know, the process was a, it was a long one. It's a long one, you know, as you say, contacting authors, reading books, researching, all these things. And, you know, um, and then obviously putting a team together to to do the shoot uh, and then getting my, my actors and the actors are always the last piece of the puzzle. You know, okay. my wife was saying to me, we're getting quite close to shoot day, like a month away. She's like, have you contacted any of the actors yet? I was like, don't worry. They will come. They will come because, you know, because I, I know, I know what I know actors and I know this, especially this kind of project, they, it's, it's a passion project and, and they know how important it is for for us for our community and you know for us so i knew when i called on certain people they would come through um so i wasn't worried about that it's all the other stuff i was worried about (laughs) that's that's amazing i mean it is is crazy how much our children inspire us to actually to do some of the 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 kind of to move the world for us and i want to find out from you umar and steven what have your children inspired you to do um and and what have they? How have they inspired you to be better people? I mean, Okazia has done Tata story time. Umar, for example, what have you done, and that, that your children have inspired you to do? I think it's to get my fitness levels up because I think for a long, long time, you know, I'd be lazy, and I think you know my wife would often say, like, I'd kind of start something, but then not be consistent with it, and then kind of just be. Uh, always looking for excuses not to to do something or you know blaming external forces but not really looking at myself but you know with my kids it's like you're looking at them you're running around and you're like you know what I want to be I want to make sure that I'm here for the long haul and not just kind of like you know and not struggling and just being able to do things like going to the park and running around playing football with my son you know all those kind of things and it it really just kind of kicked me into high gear earlier this year in terms of you know just wanting to make sure that I'm doing something with fitness and kind of being consistent with it and kind of making sure that I've got those energy levels and being able to to kind of play with them and do that kind of stuff because I just don't you know I, I just don't want to be that dad that's just kind of like oh, okay just sit on the sofa kids are just jumping on you which is fine I don't mind that but you know I want to be able to and and I loved it especially this summer when we went away you know just being able to go to the beach and running around you know doing all that kind of stuff so for me that's definitely been the major inspiration for me is kind of getting my fitness into high gear again. Oh, amazing what about you Stephen? My daughter came up with the name of my my company, Learning to Schools, Teaching Mindfulness. So she kind of helped me develop the ways I would teach mindfulness to kids. I would, she would kind of vet me in terms of language and how I delivered it. So she's been very instrumental in the work that I do. Mm, that's Fantastic. amazing. I think, I think for me, is my, my children have just... I think you, you know when you're in that stage as a father, as a dad 
where you're just in that rat race where every day you're just you're just doing the things that you would normally do but just doing it to what you think is your best when I think of my children it makes me just elevate to the next level because I think Mm. this is what their norm is going to be and if I know that their norm is my elevation when they get to that and they have kids their their norm their new norm will be their elevation so they're always stepping it up a gear so for me, it's always being seeing it, seeing it as, you know, doing whatever I'm doing, doing mm-hmm. it to almost more than the best of my ability, because I want to show them that what you what you are doing is possible, but you just need to elevate when you're doing it for your children and doing it not just for your children, but for yourself. And, and you know, it's amazing how it actually makes you be a better person. Um, I wanted to touch on Ocasio, I wanted to touch on the, the kind of the writers and the books that you, you kind of, you got, you know, yeah. Femi the Fox, you had... Mm, we've got Who Do I See in the Mirror. Who Do I See in the Mirror. The, the two Riley books. Now Riley books. knows he can, yeah. and Riley can be anything. What was your process towards picking those books? Because I think a lot of the time, these books are books that reflect self-importance, that reflect self-worth. What was mm. your inspiration behind those particular books? Because now we have a plethora of children's books, right? Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, I, it funny, it's funny because last year, so I, I began researching and books and maybe from early 2019, so February, March last year. Femi the Fox was the very first book I wanted because I think it came out the year before or so, or two years before. And there is a kind of a family connection with Jeanette, Jeanette Quache, who wrote the book, who's our former Olympian. So I kind of had a link to her. And when I, so actually she was the first person I called because I love that book. I love that book. And, um, and I remember thinking back in, back in, the, in that time, I was like, well, actually when the book first came out, because my daughter was very, very young. And naturally, as you're reading the book, this is the actor head, you know, kind of talking. I could see it. I could see it as a cartoon or something. I could see it. I could. I was like, oh, I can, I can, I can do the the voices. You know, you know all those things. I was like, because it lends itself, it lends itself to that kind of the way of reading it, mm. because you have all the different characters. You know, they're all personified. They they're all like um, they're all animals. So kids can relate to. There's something about animals that kids can just relate to. And obviously, within that world, they're doing. They're personified, aren't they? Because they're doing they're in they're doing things that humans would do. So kids can pick up the messages. It seems mm. like they can always, you know, it's a subtle way of giving these kids messages. But it's also a fun way because you know he's he's silly and he makes silly mistakes. And I think I, you know, so so for me, I was like, I've got to get this book. And I think when I called Jeanette, told her about the idea, and she was, you know, she was very supportive and like, yeah, go for it, sort of thing. I think that gave me the confidence and you know, and belief just to just be like, right, I'm going to go out there and get more books. And actually, at that time, you're right, there's there's a lot more now. Because I'm talking about just a year and a half. Mm. But just, you know, in, year, in a year, year and a half, it's grown so much like uh, the choice now, because there was a bit, bit less choice then. But there was still choice. Mm. You know, there were still books out there, you know, go on Amazon or, or wherever you search, um, you'll find books. Um, and but for me, I just wanted the books. I also wanted the books to be great because what I was trying to do, you know, we doing something like this. You don't want it to be mediocre, you know. You mm, want to do it. Mm. You want to do it to be great. 
because why not? You know, we are great and we need to showcase, showcase ourselves in the best light, you know? So it has, it, that starts from the books. That starts from picking the books. And I wanted to cover a variety of topics as well. I wanted to, the, the overall vision, as you can see with the with Tattoo Storytime, because in the end we had 10 books. So I, always, I wanted books that we could have an equal amount. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. ...of male and female uh, readers. So, you know, you, it was, it was, that was the kind of process. It was trying to find books that lend themselves to, to that, but also the topics that they cover. For example... I don't think we didn't have any books about about hair in this series, but like for example, black hair is very important. You know, it's mm. it's, it's it's you know. But we if I if I use the book or use a book on black hair, it's not just going to be you know an explanation about <laughs> like yeah. you got to take yeah. you got to take me on a journey, take me on a pull me take me on a story that you know let me you know if you can weave that you see what I did there, if you can weave that. <laughs> 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 If you can weave that journey, you know, into into a, a story, and then and then oh, it just happens to be about the hair. Then it's it's so much more interesting mm. than if you just give me an explanation about hair, mm. especially for especially for young kids. Mm. So, you know, uh, that was kind of the 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 kind of process of of trying to find just really beautiful books and beautiful mm. stories. But within that, there's little things that educate the kids on culture yeah. on on history on you know just little little things without them without just bombarding them with 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 stuff mm. you know and i think that's really important uh, and I, that i would say this as well to any any authors or any potential authors out there you know when it is good to write stories about about um you know about this these kind of things that are really important to us but when you do that, just create the narrative, create a story, create a, a journey, you know, take us on this journey with, you know, so that it's not just a set of instructions. That's what storytelling is about. And because by the time you come out of it, you're like, oh, 
oh I did that oh that was about that and that and that wow you know but you've but you've really enjoyed learning about it you've really enjoyed this you know the journey I was just going to say, I mean, given the the experiences now that you're kind of delivering through Tata Storytime, I mean, would you say that it's quite different to the experiences that you had about black representation growing up as a child versus, you know, what kind of things your daughter would now be experiencing? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Because, uh, well, you know, we had, well, I, I think actually I'm a, bit, I'm a bit young for Jack and Nori, but I just about remember Back in the day, it was a program called Jack and Nori. Yeah, yeah I remember uh, that. I think it finished just before my time, so you guys must be way older than me. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you insult your uncle. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry, sir, sorry, sir. Uh-huh. So, I, <laughs> I think it was. I think it was like, um, you know, those kind of programs were around the, the, at those times. But again, there was no. I can't remember any like black stories or stories written by black authors. And, you know, even now, even now in my, in my house, we have loads of books by white authors, mm. you know, we don't even think about it. It's just normal. Right. Um, it's like, but you know, spot the black one, isn't it? And mm. it's like, okay, why should, why, why is it like that? Why is it, why does it have to be that way? So the same way we, we, we have had to go through the school system and go through, you know, uh, all the system reading books by, by authors from white backgrounds, you know, you, you can, why didn't we have some of some authors from our backgrounds as well? Mm. But, you know, because, you know, the narrative is written by, by, I suppose, by the, the people who control it, right? That sounds so silly, yeah. but, it, but, you know, if the people who are, who control it are, white middle-class males then that's what you're going to get if it's whether it's on tv whether it's in school the school system so that 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 is what you're going to get and that's what we grew up with so growing up as an adult i uh, you know you look you always look back i think when you're a kid you don't really think too much about it of course because you know you're not burdened with that when you're a kid it's when you're as you get older and you look back on your childhood and you look they think oh I didn't have that. I didn't have that. I missed out on that. You know, uh, all these things. Um, even is that knowing the moment our, our own. Is, is that, sorry to try again. Is that the yeah. moment then that, that I think most of us, and this applies to, to everyone on the, on the pod, like, is that the moment then that we all realise that, hold on, from books to TV to films, there is just no representation. And is that the moment that it became so important for us to have that representation? Or was it before then? Because when I think back to my childhood, I never thought for one minute, you know, like you said, watching Jack and Ori, watching Pengu even, if any of you remember. Pengu, <laughs> yeah. Pingu. yeah. Right, anyone Classic. remember Pingu? Like, watching all of those, like, it was hilarious. To me, it was hilarious. Watching penguins just go back and forth. But I never really thought about it. But when I look yeah. back on it now, I think, you know, Sonic the Hedgehog, all of that stuff. Mm. And um, Dragon Ball Z, it's now, oh, they're all coming back. But now I look at it and I think, why didn't I even question it? Is that the moment when we become adults or become parents that we then realise that, hold on, there isn't enough representation. We need to represent our kids. You know, and, yeah. I, I, I well, the, I, I, sorry to jump in, but like, no, no, no. I just think when you're a kid, you, you don't question, like, it's just normal. 
Mm. That is, that's, that's your life. That's, that's how the world is. You don't really question that, you know? Um, so, so for a child, it's only uh, for me anyway, I just think it's only when you get to that point as you get a bit older and you start to look back, you're like, Oh, you know, uh, and, 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 and that, that means that your, those formative years, you, you haven't had, had those gems, you know, those little things that, that just give you a, a sense of self, you know, mm-hmm. um, you, you, you kind of been deprived of that. I think no. as well, because I remember growing up in East London, being of Nigerian heritage, I remember, and I remember this very, very vividly. I was about maybe four or five, and I remember my parents, we were going to a party, they wanted me to dress in traditional clothing. And because of the way that Nigerians were mocked heavily, I kind of, I was so upset, I was crying, I was like, I don't want to wear this, people are going to take the mick out of me, they're going to cuss me on road, blah, blah, blah. But then fast forward 15 years later, when you're at university, suddenly this massive explosion of kind of Afrobeats and everything, and you're kind of, everyone's embracing your culture, and you're like, mm. hang on, why, have, why was I running away from that? You know, you know, people love are loving what we're doing, what we're about, and suddenly it's like, as you get older, you start to think, ah, do you know what, I need to embrace who I am as a person, and I think that's what we're starting to see, especially I think now being a parent, I'm very much about trying to push that whole Yes, you know, yes, you were born here. Yes, you're, you're Brits and stuff. But Nigeria is at your heritage, especially for me, like with having like being married to a Yoruba woman, like we've got that dual heritage as well in terms of teaching my kids about Hausa uh, cultures and Yoruba cultures and kind of trying to mesh that together and kind of giving our kids that strong sense of identity. And I think it's so important that we are having more and more in terms of representation um, and that being reflected because that is the norm that we should be promoting for our children not kind of as I remember it watching Power Rangers and like the Black Ranger was actually a black man in there and kind of not making that connection yeah. and then actually when you look back on it you're like that was racist yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. the Yellow Ranger wasn't was a Chinese woman or or from Thailand or wherever she was from and it's kind of like that was racist and you don't question it at that time when you're like six seven eight but actually when you go when you look back on it and you're reflecting you're like no, that, that's wrong. And we can't be creating those narratives and those structures. And we need to kind of break that down and make sure that our experiences and our reflections and our cultures and our identities are reflected in the correct way so that our children can kind of run with that as well as they get older themselves. Mm. What, 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 yeah. I mean, Stephen, you've got, you've got older kids. What was it like? And when was that moment that you thought, damn, I, 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 I this is where, this is where I realised that I've missed out and my kids are getting the best or I need to give my kids the best of what I missed out. Um, TV for me when I was growing up was completely white. Um, the children's programmes and especially like more the adult programmes, they were extremely racist and we knew and we knew it from a very early age what they were because it, it was just a mirror of what was happening in general society. You know, so for to come to this point where there's more, but just not enough representation in TV and media, we definitely have to build our own tables because we can't wait for these people to say, okay, we need to have more people of colour on TV or in films or writing books or on, exactly. you know, what it is. 
See, exactly. see, what, what worries me is that people classify that as niche. That's what I don't understand. It's, it, it's, I don't, you know, when they look at, you know, when you're telling black stories on TV and you're writing books, black, black stories, it's classified by publishers as a niche. But mm. I failed to see that as a niche. I don't know if you've had the same experience, okay, yeah, when approaching these publishing houses or approaching TV company and, and how you get around this whole idea of how do you move past this issue, you know, in the creative industry? Is it a problem to solve? To solve? Is it just a case of this is how it's going to be and we just, like Stephen said, we just have to create our own tables? How do you navigate your way around this issue? Well, exactly. I mean, you know, if you're talking about my me myself my act my background as an actor is that's exactly the same thing um the same kind of thing where you are put in a box you know you are putting in uh put in a niche for quite early part of my career i say i started about 2000 well 2006 2007 but came out of drama school 2009 and certainly for for six seven years it's all that sort of stuff you're you know you're you're the black guy you know and you know, if it's like on the script, it would say so and so rugged looking black man or whatever. Like, it would be specific on the, on the script. If it doesn't say the color, it's a white guy, <laughs> right? Wow. So, so, so it's like they had to specify the color of the character. But it changed a little bit for me uh, in um. 2016 when I I got the part in um, the TV show The Mist which is a Stephen King adaptation and I got you know series regular it's a US TV show and in on the script in that one it didn't say anything but they auditioned me anyway so I think so I think that was obviously that was a little kind of shift for me personally but I think it, it, it showed at that time, it was only four years ago, that there is something that's just, just starting to shift or something that's starting to turn, but very slowly, like ever so slowly, because a lot of, a lot of this stuff is still going on and how they specify characters and, you know, and also the stereotypes of certain characters. So, that's, that, that, so for me, that was a breakthrough moment for me in terms of, getting a part that actually on paper anyone could have played but also there was you know when I actually played the part because he was a soldier but there was no there's no stereotype there's no like there's no broken home there's no you know that there's no there's no um drugs parents and all that sort of stuff so you know um I I was able to sort of fill in my own backstory and give him make him well-rounded and and so on you know, like, yeah, like a normal guy, you know, a human being like we are. And it's it's great to be able to do that, but it's rare that, you know, you know people, we're still fighting to to just, to be able to just play characters that are human and, and well-rounded, mm. you know. So we're still fighting for that and in, in certainly in the, in the creative industry. And it's the same, you know, it's the same thing. So, like you say, I, I've got a big up Tyler Perry. Someone like Tyler Perry, maybe whether you like his films or not, he said, you know what? I'm not going to do Hollywood. Hollywood don't want me. Fine. I have my base. 
I'm going to build on my base. Now, they could call his stuff niche if they want. But the man, I don't even know how much money, he, money he's worth. It's, it's a, a lot of money. It's a, it's a billionaire, billionaire, right? And yeah. that don't sound like niche to me. Mm. Right? <laughs> if, if there's, there's, so there's a huge market for it. And I think these people sometimes forget there's a black pound. Mm. Like, that, you know, people are, are craving for their stories. They're craving for their stories to be told because they don't see them. Mm. They don't see their stories, you know? So Tyler Perry serves a particular audience and there's a lot of them. And they will pay for those stories to be told. And, and you know, big him up. He's doing his thing. Building his, he's built his own table and he's, he's still building. I heard he's building an airport, actually, right now. Yeah. <laughs> right now. <laughs> I suppose for me, but I mean, what are you working on next? I mean, what's, what, what's the next stages for Acacia and Tata Storytime? For, for, for me personally or for Tata Storytime? Both. Okay. For Tata Storytime, the, the, you know, the thing is, we did want to try and get it to a bigger platform. Um, so we have approached some networks, just waiting, you know, just waiting for some answers. But like I say, if we can't wait forever for answers, we, we're going to push on and we're going to just do another series. But we have to find ways to, to raise the money, my brother, because the, the money came from my pocket the first time around. So mm, mm. we have to find a way to make money this time around and, and do it bigger, do it better. You know, I, I, want, I want more books next time around, actually, because we had 10 this, this time. I want, I, you know, if I can get 20, I want to do 20, you know, so we can like literally have almost half a year's worth of content to, um, to put out and just, you know, for these, it's for the kids at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what, uh, you know, I, that's, that's to come. I'm going to work on that, but I don't know when, but we're definitely going to do another series. Um, and for me, uh, right now, as he says, my shofar is coming to pick me up in a second, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to we're going to do. Uh, I'm doing a a TV show at the moment. It's a US TV show, just a nice nice little part in it. I can't say too much, mm-hmm. um, unfortunately, about it. But I I think it will be a big show, definitely be a big show. But um, you know, I'm just I'm just in it. You know, I'm just there, but um, so I'm I'm working on that till the end of October. But by um, the way, we drop exclusives. Exclusives are dropped here, so feel free to say it and give us more. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll say it's when uh, if you know if they don't sack me. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, uh, uh, I will, yeah, definitely give you the exclusive once I'm allowed to to say but you know it's a nice i'm not i'm not um, a regular in it i'm not a, like a, in the whole thing but you know at the moment i'm just in one episode but it's a nice it's a nice bit and it's i think it would be quite an interesting show that's all i can say the black yes. arrow <laughs> <laughs> steven did you have yes. any questions for for okay would you consider going to schools and storytelling yes of course that's something yeah something to think about for a long-term thing because I do want to I think I do want to establish Tata Storytime in that way as well I, even doing even doing road shows like even doing you know uh, that's how I see it I see it like eventually we can go on the road and do big shows and stuff but we can also do little things in schools and it doesn't have to be me that goes out necessarily if I'm busy I can you know be able to send people out and you know, good actors and just go and, and tell these stories, you know, beautiful stories to, to the kids. And what's great is 
like I say, it is about our, our, it's our stories, our heritage, but it's also great that kids that are not from our, our background can enjoy these stories and learn about our background, you know, without even knowing that's what they're doing, you know, you know, but they'll know, oh, that's what, oh, I know, I know what plantain is. Oh, that, yeah, you know, like, okay, you know, you've seen, you've seen Femme de Fox. Oh, no, I know what a stew is. Of course I do, you know. <laughs> that's that that that's what it's about you know so it's not it's not it's not alien it's not alien to these to these kids you know and this is they could they grow up with this stuff you know and they become adults and uh they're like they there's no you know some something shifts something can shift when kids get to that age 12 13 14 when they realize that oh you're you're a different color from me something can shift it happened to me it happened to me because when I was a kid growing up, I, you know, I had white friends when I was younger. And then I ended up gravitating towards the black, my black boys when I was like 13, 14. And, and the, the white friends gravitated towards their white friends as well. You know, there's something shifts there. And I think if we have a lot more of this stuff from a younger age, you would, you'd get less of that. You get less of that shift, you know, because they we uh, they both understand themselves from from early you know sorry yeah. i know i'm i'm going on and just no 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 it's fine it's, <laughs> we're now out of time look um, it's clear that we we as as a community we need these stories to be told we need these stories more and more of these stories to be told and and it's amazing that we have the likes of Ocasio, Tyler Perry creating these plat- platforms as a community we need to keep creating these platforms not just for ourselves, but for our kids and for people around us to be educated about our culture. We need to be proud of our cultures. You know, I certainly remember when we were back back when we were growing up, it was cool to be Jamaican and, and everyone wanted to be Jamaican. But as you got older now, everyone wants to be African. Everyone wants to know yeah. what uh, cooking, cooking banana is, i.e. plantain or plantain, <laughs> wherever you come from. So, it's plantain. It's plantain. <laughs> my wife, my, my wife would say plantain. My wife's Jamaican, so she would say plantain. But we always have that running joke. But as far as my daughter is concerned, it's plantain. Plantain. <laughs> plantain. <laughs> okay, uh-huh. thank you very much for coming in. Um, uh, it's a when, pleasure, man. When can where can people connect with you online? Uh, we've got uh, okay Zimora on Instagram. Of of course, we have Tata Storytime on Instagram. Um, well, I'm on Twitter, uh, but it's not not many people on Twitter these days. But uh, but anyway, but I'm on there. Uh, okay, O K E Z I E M O W R O. You can holler at me or Tata Storytime T A T A Storytime on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You know, hit us up. Um, let us know. Watch the show. Enjoy the kids. And if you're cooking good jollof, invite me round. <laughs> Umar, where can we find you, sir? Uh, I'm on all the socials at Umar Kankir on Twitter, at the Kank007 on Insta, Umar Kankir on LinkedIn and Facebook. What about you, Stephen? Um, Mind Bubbles Project on Instagram. I have a website, Mind Bubbles Project. Um, Twitter, Mind Bubbles Project as well. Amazing. Look, you've been listening to Dope Black Dads, um, and you know. Some some people on the, on our podcast will rate us the fifth best podcast to listen to, <laughs> but others other wow. raters like GQ Magazine will rate us as the fourth best podcast in the country to listen to. So um, 
Thank you very much for listening. Don't forget to rate and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast from. Um, gentlemen, fathers, my fellow dope black dads, thank you very much for joining us and we will catch you on the next. Blessings. Thank you very much. Thanks, man. Countdown to Christmas. It's the most wonderful time of the year. And nothing's going to stop us making the most of every festive moment. Our gift cards can be used in all Tesco stores nationwide. On all groceries, F&F clothing and Tesco mobile. And we're offering great discounts on bulk orders for organisations this Christmas. To find out more, visit tescoforbusiness.com and call our team today. For a limited time only. Terms and conditions apply. Tesco. Every little helps. That's Mrs. Byrne. She just got her entire M&S shop for free. She's this week's randomly selected Sparks customer who doesn't need to pay for a thing. Not only that, every time she shops at M&S and scans her digital Sparks card, M&S donates to her chosen Sparks charity. Plus, she gets personalised offers and treats. Sparks, the new reward scheme from M&S. Good things happen every time you shop. Join today in the M&S app. Terms, conditions and exclusions apply. For details, see marksandspencer.ie. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.